Blog Talk Radio. Well, well, praise the Lord. Welcome to LiveDeliverance.com here on BlogTalkRadio.com. This is Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. So if you're listening to us on the via the simulcast during the hours of 9 o'clock p.m. to 11 o'clock p.m. Uh, on the Monday, we're glad to have you. But if you're listening to us through any other social media platforms or any other times during the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com and give us the times, dates, locations, or platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear our content through any other means, it is the result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. All those who participate in any Internet piracy can be prosecuted by federal agents. So now having said all that, let us get down to the kingdom business at hand. So get some paper and a pen. If you have any questions about the or comments about the ministry tonight when we get to the end of the broadcast, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. So now if you would then join your hearts with me in the word of prayer so we can sanctify our time together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. <clears throat> Breathe on me so that I can speak. That the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this time, in this place, because of your spirit, your word, and your love. Live big in me, and I'll decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus, reveal to us the Father and draw us into his presence, where there is fullness of joy. Mm. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace. As we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you have made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts in our minds, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, beloved, um, this week we want to kind of dovetail into um, the the conversations of victory of defeat by asking you <clears throat> some questions about the company that you keep. And I'm not talking about physical presence. I'm talking about um, the word of God and physician of your heart because um, we have found that uh, there are Christians who are still struggling with things that a commandment says to give up. The commandment says forgive if you have all against any. But people as Christians still um, fight with that because uh, there was something that was happening behind the scenes, undercover if you would. So it's the company that you keep, the thoughts and, and positions of the heart that you might not even tell people, okay? You just do that, and then you uh, frame it uh, in a way where it says, uh, that's just me. Well, 
I appreciate that thought, but God told us that we're supposed to renew our mind. See, in other words, bring new company on the inside, new revelations, fresh revelations. Okay, so so if that's what's required, then then we're going to have to do the work, the leg work that it takes to get those things in motion. We're going to have to, according to Second Corinthians chapter ten, we're supposed to cast down every high thing, every thought, bring it into captivity. Why? Because we want that thought to obey Christ. Because whatever you think is what you're going to say, and whatever you say is what you're going to have. Okay. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's where you find the man. So we need to then uh, get ourselves into a position where we can walk pleasing unto the Lord in every area of my life. That would include my soul. That would include my mind. That would include my heart. That would include my eyes. That would include my feet. See, because if you stop looking at things that you're not supposed to be looking at, your feet won't move in that direction, will it? Yeah, amen. And God is wanting us to be made whole, complete. All right? So that he is interested in dealing with those things that uh, frustrate you, that, that cause you to be tripped up. You know, God doesn't like us to, to go through life um, with, with bad experiences so that we can develop a testimony out of the bad. He wants us to go through life so that we can enjoy his presence at all times. Okay? So you're going to check some things. Uh, my pastor is also on the same uh, plane here, teaching us how to, to pay attention. Because if you don't pay attention to something, um, then you don't know where uh, where the, the, the origin of that thing is. And if you don't know where the origin is or the beginning of the thing, then you can't get to the end of a thing. All you'll do is go around in circles thinking this must be life. Okay. So he's teaching us to observe, and the word observe means to build structure or to guard and keep from loss or injury. You have to observe. Notice what's going on because it will help you guard and keep what you are wanting to come to pass in your life. Keep it from being lost. Keep yourself from going through the point of injury in that thing. To build structure. Jesus said that upon revelation, he's going to build his house. He's going to build upon that thing. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that the whole world was framed by the word of God. That's a building process. See? So then we're going to have to know how to execute this on a day-by-day basis. It it really doesn't matter, beloved, that the enemy um, can can stall a process. We have to know that, okay, if I'm doing this, then I'm walking according to the word of God and what he promised, it will come to pass. So we have to guard or observe uh, uh, what we want to protect, what we want to grow in our lives. That causes us to have to check on our internal existence and our external existence, okay? If, if we don't know what's going on in the inside, if we don't address it, Sometimes we might know what's going on, but we feel justified by it, you know. Well, they did this to me. I got that. But where do you want to go? 
Do you want to go to the fight that, that doesn't end because they keep doing stuff to you? Or do you want to go to the place of victory? It's, it's up to you, beloved. You can say, okay, good. I'm going to keep my eye on Jesus rather than look at all this craziness. And, I mean, y'all, they, they, have, they have expanded the, the, the awareness of craziness on TV. Uh, I'll just say this. You know, I was watching the Super Bowl, and they had these commercials. And, and a ton of those commercials, I'm looking at them uh, like a dog in a new pan. What is this? What did that mean? What did that say? What they're doing, unfortunately, is they're causing you to become desensitized, deprogrammed, so that you will not end up in the place of destiny. You'll just keep wandering around in the mediocrity, okay? Because we used to call a spade a spade, but now that's not what's happening. They're just uh, doing whatever they want to do and and, and getting you uh, trapped in that process so that you cannot be fruitful. That's the first thing that God told his man to do. Come on, y'all. He told him to be fruitful and multiply. So the, 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 the people, the, 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 the power of the air, the prince of the power of the air is, is trying to cause you to get lost so that you will not finish, complete the assignment that you've been given. Every one of us has an assignment, okay? It doesn't matter how big you think you are or how small in your own eyes you think you are, you have an assignment. The Bible says that the body of Christ only grows by that which every joint supplies. It has to edify itself in love. See? So we're going to have to get back to the place where that's our focus. All right? Uh, the company you keep. Um, in First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says that we are born again not of incorruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I'm so glad that he said that the word of God lives and abides forever. That means from now until I get to see Jesus, I still can fulfill my call. Because the word that saved me, the word that brought me out of darkness, is going to live and abide forever. See? So when we are checking our, our external and internal existence, we have to deal with, with, with what our habits might be. Are, are your current habits helping your spiritual walk? Are they hindering your spiritual walk? Or are they honing your spiritual walk? See, God doesn't want you, uh, he doesn't want you marking time. There you go. He, he wants you to advance toward the enemy. See? So then all of the things that I do habitually, ask the question, are they helping my spiritual walk? Am I getting to the place where I'm understanding with clarity what God wants me to do today? Or am I just allowing my habits to hinder my spiritual walk? Okay? We have to answer those questions. Because the devil does come to steal, kill, and destroy But Jesus said at the same time, in the same scripture, he said that the enemy, the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come. See, so at the same time the devil is there trying to do what he's doing, did we recognize that Jesus was there 
waiting for us to engage in the process that he's called us to. See, but I am come that you might have life and you might have that life more abundantly. So we're talking about the, the, the company that you keep. You know, I, I, I was a musician. And um, so because of that, I was basically wherever I went, um, the, the prospect of party could happen because I was a musician. So they they are looking for the musicians and and we'll come and we'll play and entertain them, see. And so then now if you're not being entertained, the entertainment is robbing you. Okay. One of the things that's reality here is that we can never get uh, one second back. Once that second is gone, it's gone forever. It's our job to utilize the time. To, to cause that time to be fruitful for us, see? But if we are, are determined that I'm just going to walk in the habit of unforgiveness, then we're wasting our time. You know, I found that out. I found that out to be so true. I was upset with someone, and um, I was just doing all kinds of stuff that was stupid uh, to, rather than forgive. I knew to forgive, but I didn't want to. And so I was doing things that were stupid. And all the time that I was doing it, I was wasting my time. The person that I was mad at, they didn't even know I was still mad at them. Amen. I could have said something the first day and then, you know, walked away in my anger. And then they say, okay, well, that's his problem. Amen, it is. It's my problem because I'm not supposed to let the sun go down on my wrath. But here I had four, four, five months that I'm just letting that thing fester, see? And then I was wasting my time. God wanted to, 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 to equip me so that I'll be able to be used in his kingdom. And here I am wasting my time being upset with somebody that I ain't even talking to so they don't even know that I'm upset. <clears throat> well, they know because I was mad I wasn't talking to them. No, they don't think what you think. Your thoughts are your thoughts. Your thoughts are not universal thoughts. Maybe we thought they were, but they aren't. Your thoughts are personal to you. Even after you say whatever you got to say, that doesn't mandate that the person you said it to is going to even remember it. They don't remember the good that we say. Come on, y'all. <laughs> A lot of the times, the people that we are mad at don't even remember the, the bad thing that we said. They don't remember the good thing that we said. Amen. Because your thoughts are simply your thoughts. It would be better for us to allow this mind to be in us. The was in Christ Jesus. See, he, he didn't try to make himself. The Bible said he made for himself no reputation. In other words, he didn't have to be right, did he? He didn't have to try to prove that. He already knew the, where the power came from in his words. He said, it's not me that you see. It's the Father in me. He's doing the work. I'm only protecting the word that I saw the Father uh, approve to me that works. I only protect the word that the Father said works. So we need to get to that only place in our lives. That if it's not coming from, if it's not coming from Jesus, it doesn't have any right in my life. Say. The devil will convince you that, that you have a right to, to, to be mad at this person or that person, okay? And what did that gain you? It took time away from you. That's all it did. 
Amen. So are your current habits helping your spiritual walk? Are they hindering your spiritual walk? Or are they sharpening or honing your spiritual walk? I said yesterday that uh, the honing process is probably what we kind of shy away from. You know that, that, that iron sharpens iron, right? And the process of sharpening is going to be uh, uh, friction caused. In order for the thing to be honed, there's going to have to be friction. But if I understand what the honing is for, it is to cause my understanding to be enlightened, to move away stuff that I don't need. See, the Word of God is sharp and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder. So then I should be able to take that word and say that word to my heart, build that word up in my heart so that it cuts away, removes all of the stupid stuff that has been hindering me, all the stupid stuff that has been weighing me down. That's one of the things that I found out to be true, too, that the, 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 my, my position of unforgiveness caused me to be weighed down, caused me to be slower in response to God. Yeah. Okay. So we, we, we've got to deal with that effectively and just say, you know what, God, I'm only going to have habits that help my spiritual walk and then hone me so that I can hear more accurately with more greater detail and, and attention to what you're saying. Sometimes I, I, I found that, that, you know, God will say something to us and we don't understand the how of the thing. Okay. But God said, if you don't know the how of a thing, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Did he tell you to go talking to people? No. He said, ask of God. People can confirm the word, but if I have the word from the, from the, from the truth of the spirit of God, then I can utilize that word. If I'm looking for something, they can always present something that sounds good. There is a way that seemeth right. But the end of that way is destruction, is death. See? So, so we're going to have to get to the place where our conversations start with God, and from that place we walk in God. Okay? Uh, Jesus said that the, uh, the evil and adulterous generation is looking for signs. Okay? So if you're trying to wait till things look right, he just called you a generation that's evil and wicked because you're looking for signs. Ecclesiastes tells us not to be observing the, the, the trees and the wind. We shouldn't do that. We should plant when we have the seed. Amen. You know, if you observe the wind, the Bible says you will not plant. You will not sow. Why? Because you're waiting for for conditions to be right. See? And that's not what he's he wanting you to do. See? Let's look over there. Just see, I think that's a, please ask these chapter, um, chapter 5, I believe it is. See? And, and he doesn't want you to, to do that. He wants you to, to be able to um, function correctly. Did I say 5? He, he wants you to be able to, to function and win. He that observeth. Um, yeah, he that observeth. 
Okay, I'm sorry, it's chapter 11. Okay, well, this, this is what he's telling us to do. I mean, we have to learn these things so that we won't get confused or trapped or be stuck in a place where we can't move. Um, we do it all from verse 11. This is really a, a, a position that he wants you to have as it relates to your giving, period, Okay. He wants you to relate this to your giving. These are just steps that he's laid out. But forgiving is a form of giving, isn't it? Right? You have to give away the right to be right. Okay? Let's look at this. 11.1, Ecclesiastes. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. You, say, you shall find it. What you sow, you're going to reap. Give a portion to seven, yea, also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Verse 3. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where it's, the tree falls, that's where you find the tree. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. So he say, if you're waiting for the situation to be ideal before you do what the Word of God says do, you are observing things you shouldn't be looking at. You're looking at which way the wind blows. How, is they, how are they feeling today? See? No, your job is to sow. Amen. Your job is to sow. In order to be fruitful, you're going to have to sow. If an offense, <clears throat> if an offense happens to you, your job now is to sow love. Okay? There are no two ways about it. Forgive if you have ought against any. You have to sow. But if you're going to observe the wind, the conditions that are around you, it says you won't do it. You'll come up with a reason, uh, an excuse not to sow. He says, if you observe the wind, you won't sow. If you regard the clouds, you won't reap. Okay? If you regard the clouds and you say it's going to rain today, he was talking to agricultural people so that they understood this. And so I don't know many people that would want to go out and, 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 and harvest time while it's raining trying to work the field. That wasn't what you wanted to do. He says, if you observe the clouds, you will not reap. First, you didn't sow because you was trying to see if, if the temperature was right. You know, you check the wind with your finger. You, just, you won't sow because you don't think the conditions are right. Now, after you have finally sowed, now it's time to get what you're supposed to get, but it's cloudy. It looks like it's going to be a storm. See? Now you don't get to have a harvest. So you, you, you shouldn't wait for conditions. Verse 5, it says, as thou knowest, not what is the way of the spirit, nor do you understand how bones grow in the womb that of, a, of her that is with child. Even so, you don't know the works of God who maketh all. So he says, in the morning, upon instruction, sow your seed. In the evening, withhold not thy hand, for you don't know whether this or that would prosper or whether both of them alike will be good. See? He's, he's telling you, stop acting like you know what the end of the thing is going to be. Amen. Just stop it. You, you, you're not understanding the, the, the way of God, the works of God. 
See, you, you, you're saying that, okay, well, this is not going, this, this is not what I wanted to happen. I wanted this to happen. To, no, he said, you don't know that. If you're going to observe that, you're not going to sow. If you're going to look at the conditions around you, you won't reap. That means you're going to be stuck, beloved. The company that you keep, these are the thoughts that have brought us to uh, the place that we are. If we feel stuck, find ourselves stuck, then we've got to stop observing the, the external uh, uh, stimuli. We have to stop doing that. Okay? So we, we, we do. God, you know, I love the scripture. It says in, in Galatians chapter 5 that the works of the flesh are manifest. That tells me that they cannot be hid. So then if I find myself not flowing like I should, then I just need to check because the works of my flesh are going to be seen. I'll know I'm not forgiving. I'll know I'm not loving. See? Because the works of the flesh, you're going to see them. Other people will see them. They might come to you and ask you, what's wrong? And then we're going to end our pride saying, nothing wrong. Something's wrong because you're not flowing in the grace. Okay. So either you check out your current habits that they're helping you, hindering you, or honing you in your spiritual walk. You can check out what you're eating. What are you consuming? When, I, when I'm mad at somebody, I found it gets very interesting. I try to find other people that I can tell my uh, situation to. To try to gain sympathy or or whatever, I try to gain the upper hand somewhere in the in the uh, hierarchy of life. But he says when I'm doing that, I'm 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 consumed by that. See, do not bite one another, because if you bite one another, you will be consumed one of another. See, so we've got to stop this. Yeah. Things look kind of bad sometimes. I get that. But whenever I find myself looking at something that looks bad, I cause myself to look unto Jesus from that perspective. Because Jesus is the one that's working all things together for my good. He's that one. So then I just go ahead and say, okay, let me stop looking at the thing. Let me look to Jesus. Because Jesus is going to author and finish my faith. He's not authoring a mess for me to be in. He's authoring faith. He's developing faith. He's causing me to be patient in the tribulation. And being patient is not enduring or putting up with. Being patient means to be consistently, constantly the same. See? So I'm I'm working on being like my father. For my father is the same yesterday, today. And forever. So I'm working on that. There was a time I didn't do too good in that class because I wanted to be right. I wanted people to know that I was right. I wanted people to know that I was hurt. It would be wiser for me to cause people to know that I am a, a conqueror, more than a conqueror, that I'm an overcomer. It, it would be more necessary for them to see that because you know why? Mm-hmm. I just say that. The reason it's more important for people to know that you are a conqueror, that you are more than a conqueror, that you are an overcomer, the reason why they need to know that is so that they can find that there is a way to get out of their situation too. Because there is no temptation taken man, but such as is common to him. 
No temptation has taken us. We can't find one that, that, that's exclusive to you. So since people are going to look at what we, my response is going to be, then they'll say, okay, good. I saw that there's a way out of this situation here. Glory to God. Glory to God. And because there's a way out of this situation, then I'll be able to do the thing that, that, that's worthy of God's glory through my life. See? That's what we got to do. We've got to begin to, to know that we want to cause God to get the glory. Amen. What are you consuming? Okay, we can ask the other side of that just because it's here. Wow. I, I see another side, so I'm, I'm going to ask it. It says, what are you consuming? What are you eating? Or what's consuming you? Mm. Amen. <laughs> see, I, it'll, it'll work for both of them. See, what are you consuming? What do you spend your time dealing with? But if i just wasting time, please know this, I am being consumed. If I'm functioning in uh, unforgiveness and bitterness, okay, then I, that's what I'm eating. That's my diet. But what's happening while I'm eating that is I am also being consumed. I become customarily uh, uh, um, resolved to that fact that this is the way it's going to have to be. I become numb, if you would, to the life that's necessary. Okay? So when you ask, when I ask what are you eating, let's ask what is, what's eating you. Okay? That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a flip-flop there. Boomerang, if you would. And the areas that we can look at and say, well, okay, what are you learning? We should always we should we should always be learning something new, a different application of what we've already experienced. Okay, we should be learning that all the time. When you stop learning, you stop the process of life, of fruitfulness. Stop learning, you stop the process of life called fruitfulness. Because now, since you stop learning, all you can live off of is what you have, and what you have is going to dissipate. You're going to have to use it in life. Is that correct? So then if, you're, if you stop learning, you're going to stop the process of living because now you are going to be consumed. All right. And what are you, what are you watching? See, in the natural, just the way we can just see, okay, if I find myself <laughs> watching housewives of the whatever, whatever, then I'm, I'm, I am being consumed because not one of those housewives could ever say anything that would impact my life positively, not a single one of them. Would it be fun? Yeah, it could be fun, entertaining. I can see that. But I, I need to be entertained, not entertained. Okay, so we, we, we should deal with that because it's the company that you keep. Your, 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 your tendencies are developed and seen through that process. Okay, so today we want to talk about Proverbs chapter 3. You can turn there. I'll get there in a minute. Reminds you about the beginning, the company that you keep. Um, when we go back to the beginning, we find that the seed is the most important thing. 
The seed is the thing that's important. Because whatever is, is what was planted. Whatever is, is whatever was planted. Okay? And whatever is planted must grow up. Okay? I mean, we, sometimes we, we forget that we plant things and, and then we see the problems and we say, I don't know why this happened. Because you planted it somewhere. Again, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that's what he's going to reap. <clears throat> Once it's planted, the seed doesn't care whether you wanted it or not. The seed, the seed does not differentiate and say, oh, these are, are good Christian thoughts and say, no, if it's a seed planted, that seed must grow up. Okay? So if it's useful in your life or if it's not, it's not the responsibility of the seed. The seed has pre-programmed DNA working from Jump Street. Pre-programmed. Think about it in the natural. If you have uh, pumpkin seeds, inside that seed, is going to develop pumpkins. You cannot put pumpkin seeds down and expect cherry trees. It's not in that seed. And then the other part of this is that the the seed, once it's planted, I'm learning this um, from a book that we're studying at my church. It's called Seed Economics, Seedonomics. Okay, Dr. James Payne, I would advise y'all to get it because it just helps you understand things uh, that Jesus was saying, teaching, that the children of Israel understood because they were agricultural. See, a lot of us are not technical when it comes to the agricultural side of things. We don't pay pay attention to how seeds work. So then because we don't pay attention, then, then, then we lose the effectiveness of the information that God has put in front of us, okay? It's still there. We just didn't know it. And um, a couple of pages in here that was dealing with in seedonomics was dealing with the seed. Uh, there, there are five, five stages of the seed. First is the, the seed coat or the thing that wraps around it, okay, to protect the seed when it's not in the environment that it's supposed to be in to grow. Seeds can last, Lord Jesus, seeds will last forever, okay? They've got a place that they have um, placed all of the seeds uh, that have ever been on the earth. They collected them and put them in one place so that if something happens, then those seeds can be found, uh, and then they will go and reproduce what's necessary in the earth, okay? Because the seed is intended, according to the Word of God, it it says it this way about... um, uh, it, what it says about um, the seed that you were born of, of an incorruptible seed that does what? Lives and abides forever. Okay? So the seed coat, once it goes into uh, uh, the ground, then that seed coat starts to disintegrate so that what's inside can now come outside. Okay? And And, and then what happens is when that seed gets water, the enzymes that are already inside the, the DNA, they begin to work. That's the way the word of God is. It gets in your heart. David said, your word, if I hear it in my heart, so that it can get what's necessary for me to please you. 
Okay. Then the next uh, phase of the seed is going to be the endosperm. And and <clears throat> what happens is the endosperm begins to draw to the seed what the seed needs, nutrients and growth. <clears throat> okay? And then you see that immediately that starts to happen. <laughs> and, 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 and these are things agriculturally you don't see anything. All that's underground. All that's in the soil that's so, supposed to bring life. Okay? It's already there. Just like everything that you need has already been put on the inside of you. Everything you need for victory has been put on the inside of you. It says that God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. You are complete in him. So then when the uh, the, 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 the endosperm draws the nutrients out of the soil, it draws the nutrients out of the place where it was planted. That's why he tells us to, to break up the fallow ground. Okay, let's just kind of deal with that. He, he tells us that, that we're supposed to cultivate our heart, break up the fallow ground, so that the, 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 the word of God will be able to get out of your heart the things that God put in there. But if you've got anger and unforgiveness and bitterness covering up and collectively holding the seed from being, from getting any, it holds up the process of the seed getting any nutrients. You need to break that up. Cultivate. Cultivate both in your mind and your thinking and in your heart. There are conversations that perpetually go on between your heart and your mind. Okay? And, and the more word we have in there, the more we allow our spirit man to rule. But if you don't have the word <clears throat> rooted and grounded, then you're going to fall, cause this intellectual mind to make decisions for you. And they just aren't as good as you want them to be. Because anything that comes out of the flesh, the Bible says it's temporary, subject to change. But the word of God deals with seed that lives and abides forever. <clears throat> so then the endosperm responds to the environment around it and regulates the growth of the new plant, okay? That's the endosperm, first, the first movement, if you would, okay? Then the embryo, that's what's the heart of the seed, the, where the earliest forms of roots and stems and leaves, leaves are formed. <clears throat> so all of this is happening underground. Now we get what's called the radical. I love that. That's kind of interesting. It says the seed begins to grow, and um, the radical is the primary root, which is the first thing that emerges from the seed, and it anchors the plant to the ground, and it starts growing downward to allow it to absorb more water. This process is called germination. You can hear a word and uh, just be glad you heard it, but it doesn't have the process of germination that it started yet. Okay? It's all inside of the seed. It's inside of the word of God. So that's why David hid it, so that this process could take place, because after the radical goes down and attaches itself to the supply source, what happens is now the shoot comes up. 
This is what we do call the emergence. And once the 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 the, the shoot comes out, it starts going towards the sun. It starts going for the light because it recognizes in the DNA that it has that that's what it's going to take to reproduce. First thing has to happen is the seed has to die. Because if it doesn't die, it abides alone, the Bible says. But if it is planted, then that seed then brings forth much fruit. And then in the book, it goes on to talk about how uh, in the in one apple is six seeds. And each of those seeds is a tree that's going to produce apples. And each apple is going to have six seeds. So it becomes exponential in a hurry. See? Because it's built into the seed to do what God wants to do, fill the earth with glory. We see these things in, in, in our lives, and we need to process <clears throat> this to keep the word. Let the word be in your heart. Proverbs chapter 3. And this is where the bulk of the <clears throat> ministry will come from. Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse 1. It says, My son, forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. He says, let the heart keep the commandments. The word let is a, um, is a verb, and it means to agitate, to stir. When you hear the word, in order for the word to take root again, to, be, uh, to become that, that, that shoot that comes out, You're going to have to stir some things up, agitate some things, move some things around, break up the fallow ground, okay? So he's saying, I need for you, my son, to not forget my law, but break up the positions of thought that you have so that my word is first place. Yeah, this kind of takes some time because we like what we like, we want what we want. And we want what we want when we want it. So he says, now, I need you to go through the process here. Let, operative word here, isn't it? Because if I let, I also can let not, can't I? So he says, let your heart keep my commandments. Find ways to to engage in your heart uh, to, to, to execute the plan of God. Find ways, look for ways to do that. The Bible says that every word of God is, is tried seven ways. That means we can do at least one word seven different ways. That's a weak work of working with that one principle. See? Because when you do that, then you're letting the heart engage in spiritual growth. In spiritual, it becomes spiritually tender. Glory to God. Oh, I hope you all can see that. When you uh, stir up the word over meditate on the word day and night, then your heart becomes tender. Mm, that's so good. See? And, and, and because you can't get, seed has a harder time coming out of through hard soil. But if the, if the soil of the heart is tender, then it'll sprout up quickly. Also, if the heart is hard, then the water that's necessary for the seed can't get down as far. But if the ground has been broken up, if it's supple, then the water, which brings the nutrients alive in the earth, it can cause that seed to grow quickly. So I would say to you that um, the speed in which you want to have a thing happen by the word of God is going to be worked out by how, how tender 
you allow your heart to get. Amen. See, um, bitterness has been described as being salty, and salt is a is a, is a hard chemical. Okay, it, it, it's it's like when when um, Sarah, I'm sorry, Lot's wife, when um, when she decided she was going to try to uh, go back look at look at at, at Sodom and Gomorrah, what happened is she turned into a pillar of salt. She got hard right quick. That's what the devil is trying to do to us, trying to make us make our heart hard towards the Lord. We don't let it. Don't let the Spirit of God break up the fallow ground. Make our heart supple before the Lord. You know, when you look at children, and this is what he told us to do, you look at children, children have to be taught or trained to walk in unforgiveness. If a child has something taken from the child, the child begins to play with something else. But you're going to say, don't, get it back to him. Don't take that from him. And the child learns that way. And then they keep on doing that. A child's attention span to things that hurt and harm is very short. Amen. God wants us to be like little children. He doesn't want us to be hard-hearted, stout towards him. See? That's why he brings that up, tells us to consider the little children. See? So we've got to allow our heart to become subtle, supple in the hand of God. He says, my son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. <laughs> For lift the days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. And I noticed this, that this tells me that length of days and long life must be different. Otherwise, there would not be the conjunction and there. Length of days and long life. See? So I, 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 I made mention uh, yesterday about this <clears throat> because um, at the length of days, you can see it like this. Um, haven't you ever had a day that everything was going wrong and it just looked like that day was never going to end? Yeah, that was a day that was lengthened by your frustration, elongated by the trials. Conversely, there were some days that everything was walking and working right and walking around was easy. And in those days, you never wanted that day to end, did you? Because you wanted that day to be lengthened. Okay? Again, it's up, your heart's position is what causes that. When you let the word of God come in and stay in your heart, it says what will happen is your days will be lengthened. You won't you won't have the the the, the, the Monday blues that, that that comes out of a, a Sunday that was unproductive. Okay, you'll be able to enjoy every. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. See, when I'm when I'm having a supple heart toward the commandments of God, then I recognize that God's working something out for me today. He's wanting to do something in me and for me today. Glory to God. So then I become attentive to what is it that you want to do, Lord? Amen. 
I'm looking over the, I'm, as a child, I'm looking over the crib so I can see what you're doing so I can participate. I don't know how to do anything, but I want to participate. My heart is engaging. Amen. And what do we generally do? Wow, Lord. What do we generally do when we see the baby uh, standing up at the top of the crib? We generally go get them, don't we? Because we want them to participate. They have told us, I want to be where you are. So when we put the word of God in our heart that same way, we're looking over the rail of life, and God says, come on. Come on out here. Let's me and you just do fellowship. Let's do good today. Let me just teach you some things. Glory to God. See, that's what he wants to do. So he says that for length of days and long life and peace, they will add to thee. Okay, I, I just want you to kind of get this. Because look at what he says. He said, let your heart keep my commandments, for there is going to be an increase in the length of days, your life and peace. They will add these things to you. Amen. I love God's system of, of math. It tells about it in, in, in First Peter, Second Peter chapter 2, First Peter chapter 1, excuse me. It says this. It says, grace and peace is going to be added unto you. How? They're going to be, excuse me, grace and peace is going to be multiplied unto you. I'm sorry. I want to get that right. God says he wants to multiply grace, which by itself is good enough. Okay? Grace, the Bible says, is sufficient. Peace is, is what I'm supposed to follow, and it will bruise Satan under my heel. Peace will cause things to, to get me to the next level of destiny because I'm supposed to follow peace. God is multiplying peace by grace. The devil can only steal. He can only take away. Stealing, killing, and destroying is all the process of taking away that which you have. God is multiplying. Two different math uh, paths, if you would. The path of subtraction will always be overcome by the path of multiplication. Amen. On a one-on-one basis. If, if, If I take 100 things, away from you, then I lost a hundred things. But if I multiply a hundred things by grace and then a hundred things by peace, I'm multiplying two twice as much as the devil can ever take away. I love God's math for that. So then what we need to do is in our hearts begin to expect the good, look for the good, because this is what would happen if I keep his commandments in my heart, line myself up with those. He says he will use Three things that's going to be adding to me simultaneously. Length of days, long life, and peace. Glory to God. Then he says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. So then, again, you see that operable word there, let. See? So while I'm getting mad and frustrated at everybody, what happened in that process is mercy and truth kept on going forward. Because mercy is truth is connected to my destiny. Look at that. Mercy and truth, okay, 
according to what he's writing, I'm just going, I'm reading what I see. He said, if I keep the word in my, in my heart, length of days, long life, peace will be added unto me. Mercy and truth will be there working in this same process of lengthening my days, causing my life to be long, and adding peace. He connected them, didn't he? Because if, if, if I don't use it correctly and I let truth and mercy forsake me, the reason that I'm not enjoying what, I'm, what my life is is because the, cam, the commandment to love has not been kept in my heart. I'm just in verses 1, 2, and 3. I'm just kind of tying it up in a bow, if you would. Okay? They are all connected. With, with, when the Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. So when things get hard in your life, I would ask the question, are you transgressing in something? The transgression of unforgiveness, because the way of the transgressor is hard. The transgression of bitterness. See? I ain't talking about the big stuff, you know, the, the, the murder and all that. I'm, I'm talking about positions of your heart. It's the company that we keep. See? Remind yourself of what the destiny has been prepared for you. Because the Bible says that we've been called unto peace. In other words, the place that peace resides. We talked about it last week. (laughs) And it's just one of those things. That there is a peace that passes my understanding. A peace that is set in front of me beyond what I now understand. And if I would keep my mind stayed on him, he would keep me in perfect peace. Why? Because the peace is connected to my destiny. And if I can keep my mind stayed on him, now my peace keeps calling me into that which he has ordained for my life. He will not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. I'm following peace. I'm walking uprightly. And he says that that this would cause me to enjoy those lengths of days and long life that's been added to me. Because I did not let mercy and truth forsake me. Um, Proverbs 16, 6 and 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies be at peace with him. See? So then, as I'm understanding the peace of God that goes past my understanding, goes takes me, takes me away from through all of the circumstances. Okay, okay. I, I bring these things up, and I try to give you some um, some examples so that you can see it um, in in your lives. Okay. So we'll 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 look at this uh, this way. Let's go to Mark um, chapter the Mark chapter four. Let's just look at it. See these things in Scripture. See, because once you see it, once you see an imagery of it, once you see the picture of it, okay, then that picture can be uh, revisited over and over. And then you can see how God works things out because of peace, okay? Peace. Watch this. Mark chapter 4. This is after he had um, told them about the sower sows the word. Okay, he had told them that uh, so that they would be able to 
use it functionally. And I'm, I'm talking about seeds. I'm looking at this and remembering that that's what it said. Um, verse 24 in Mark chapter 4. And he said to them, take heed what you hear. The company that you keep. Come on up. Take heed to what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Okay, I love that. He says that if you take heed to what you hear and you put it in the right place and you keep it protected, he says now because you kept it, the ones that hear, ones that actively hear, there's a passive hearing. We're not regarding that. We want to do the active hearing. Hear to do, okay? That's what he told Joshua. He said, I need for you to observe to do. Not just to hear. I need for you to hear to do, okay? You hear a prompting of the Spirit, and you say, okay, good. I'm going to do that. Because if you don't do that, the Bible says, if you hear the word only and you don't do it, you are going to deceive your own heart, okay? So you want to be a doer because you heard. It says, so you who uh, hear shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given, and him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. So is the kingdom of God. If a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow, he knoweth not how. Stop. Just make sure we heard that. He said the man planted the seed, and the man did not try to investigate what caused the seed to work. He went to sleep. He got up the next day, and the seed was working. And how it worked, he said, the man did not know. The DNA in the seed made this process profitable for him. So God did the same thing for you. So then we need to stop trying to ask God the why and just believe that what he said is going to happen. Go to sleep. Rest in that. He said, do it day and night. Go to sleep and then wake up. Because the word that's spoken does not return back to God's voice. It will do that, which he wants it to do. Prosper in the thing whereunto he sent it. Okay? For, verse 28, <clears throat> for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Okay. It says, this process that God started, the heart, which is the earth in this illustration, will bring forth that which has been deposited. The earth brings forth, in fact, just so that you can see it, if you would just take the word earth there, look at it, take the H from the back, and put the H at the front of the word, and you will have heart. Yeah. So that you can see that it was a, a, a synonymous analogy, that the earth and the heart are one. Okay. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of itself. First the blade, then the ear, then after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle because the harvest has come. God had on his mind all of the time he had harvest on his mind. He gave you the seed so that you can see the harvest that the seed produces. Okay? I want you to see these things. We don't have to fight with God. He's already, with the day that he made you, he said it was very good. This process was already in place. All right? 
And then verse 30 says, Where unto shall we lack in the kingdom of God? Or what comparison shall we compare it? He says, It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds of in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the earth, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And then he spoke unto them many parables. He spoke uh, he the word unto them as they were able to bear it. But without a parable, he did not speak of them. When he was alone, he expounded all things unto his disciples. Verse 35. This is where I was starting to go. <clears throat> I just showed you the, the process of the seed that, that God just wanted us to be aware of, that it's working even though you don't know it. It's working even though you can't see it. But you're going to have to cultivate, prepare the ground to receive a word so that when you receive the word, that which you have now uh, given God the ability and uh, right to, to bring forth, the heart brings forth fruit of itself. Okay? Verse 35, and when they was, and the same day when even was come, he said to them, let us pass over to the other side. I, I got that underlined in my Bible, highlighted, because the word of God is sure, even though I don't understand it. Even though the devil comes to try to steal it, the word of God is still sure. I got to protect it. Let's watch this. He said to them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when he had sent the multitude away, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were other ships also with him, the little ship. And there arose what? A great storm of wind. And it beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on the pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, Carest thou not that we perish? And he, he rose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And there was a great calm. And they said unto them, Why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? Now, let's look at this. Jesus told them before the trial started to do something. What he told them to do is to go to, excuse me, he said, let us go to the other side. Okay, that's why I, I, I underlined it. Because he included you and included himself in this move, didn't he not? He's saying to us, let us go unto victory. Amen. Jesus is going to be there to celebrate every victory that he wrought in our lives. He's going to be there. He said, he'll never leave you or forsake you. So then that means he's going to have to be there for every victory in our lives. Okay, so now here comes the devil, and after he said it, almost as soon as they heard the words, they, 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 they forgot the words, because there was a, verse 37, there was a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. Wait a minute. Jesus was in the boat with them, and he told them before they got in the boat where they were going to go. He told them they're going to go to the other side. Mm. So then our job then is to hear the word, receive the word, believe the word, act on the word, and then rejoice because the word did what the word was supposed to do. That's our job. Okay? But here we go. Devil came and started messing. Notice it says it was a great storm, and he was asleep. 
And they went and woke him up and said, Jesus, Master, do you not care that we perish? Well, Jesus wasn't concerned about perishing, was he? Because he had already told them what was going to happen. He had already told them we're going to the other side. And then Jesus arose, and immediately he did these things. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. See, my peace is connected to my destiny. And whenever things get uh, tumultuous, all I got to remember is that my peace is connected to my destiny. What I go through from the time is spoken until the time of attainment, that's not even a problem. Peace is connected to my destiny. Peace was not connected to my frustration. It was not connected to my anxiety. Peace was connected to my destiny. And he arose and said, peace, you still here, right? <laughs> peace, go to work. And then what happened is, because he said that, the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I want you to see, understand, that the great storm brought forth a great calm. Amen. Jesus didn't say, okay, just let me see a little bit of waves. He said, no, we're going to cause the lake to be placid like it was originally. Because equal to the challenge was the word of God that diminished the challenge until your situation was exactly what he said do in the first place. I just want you to see that. That he didn't, he didn't want them to go through the process uh, with, with um, intrepidation, fears. As soon as they connected with him again, and he said, wait a minute, let me show these people. They don't see what I just told them. I just gave them examples of how the word of God, how the kingdom of God works. It's going to work like a man that plans his seed and he went to sleep. He didn't have to worry about what was going to happen. And it says, and the seed of the word that was spoken continued to do the process necessary so that the seed brought forth in the earth that which was necessary. I said, let us go over to the other side. But they didn't keep the seed of that promise in their heart. They begin to now look at and observe the wind. Come on, y'all. And he that observes the wind, he's not going to be the one that's going to sow. Okay? He's going to stop the process of the cycle of life that we've been called to. He that observes the clouds, watching the clouds, he's not going to be there for harvest time. Okay? So Jesus is trying to get us to know that once he, once he says something, that's it. Let's meditate on that. Keep that in our heart. My son, forget not my law, but keep thy commandments. For a list of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. You can go back in Proverbs chapter 3. I just want you to just see that. He, Jesus asked the question, how is it that y'all ain't got no faith? I told you this is what we're going to do. I didn't make a suggestion that it would be good for us to go to the other side. I told you we're going to let us cross over. Okay, I'll say that again. He said, let us cross over. So then the word, wow, Lord. So then the word, let us cross over. This is so good, Jesus. The word, let us cross over, is going to be equal to whatever you can find in the trial. Is that correct? 
because it still has to come under the let us cross over. Is that correct? I just saw this, and I I, I, I remember another story. Let's just go go back here. Let's look at that. <laughs> Woo, Lord Jesus. Let's go back to Matthew chapter uh, 14. Uh, we're going to take another storm, okay? I'm going to go back to Proverbs chapter 3. Now pray for me. <laughs> All of these things happen in the same condition, okay? Jesus was teaching them, showing them, and then gave them instructions of what was next. Watch this. Uh, chapter 14, book of Matthew. And verse 22. And after he had fed the 5,000 women, uh, men, in verse 22 it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get in the ship and to go before him unto the other side. Okay? So he had to talk to them, convince them. He said he constrained them. Because I'm sure they, was, they wanted to do, they had just seen a miracle. And so generally when people see a miracle, they want to fellowship, hang around the place where the miracle took place, okay? But Jesus said, I need for y'all to go to the other side. We got some more work to do. So he had to, he was, I need y'all to get this done. He had to almost argue with them to get them to do it. You see that? It wasn't, no, oh, we're going to leave. We good, Jesus. No, he had to say, no, I need for you to do the next step. He had to constrain with them to go to the other side, okay? And verse 23 and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went to the mountain to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. It was tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And then they cried out. For fear. I'm going to just wait, look, look at some of this. Notice Jesus saw them. Okay, all right. He was in the mountain praying. And he saw them in the sea, toiling, trying to get to the other side. And so then he went to them, walking on what was troubling them. He walked to them on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. And then they said, it's a spirit, and they cried out for fear. They didn't cry out for Jesus. They cried out for fear, which is probably what we would have done too, not understanding that, 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 that the word of God was already sent with them, was accompanying them to go to the other side. Jesus brought bodily form to the word that was already accompanying them to go to the other side. And when they cried out for fear, Jesus responded because he didn't want them to be uh, consumed by fear. So when they cried out for fear, Jesus straightway spoke unto them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come to thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And Peter was come down, when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Please notice some of the things here. That because Jesus said, I need for your heart's position to be different, I need for you to not be afraid. I need for you to be of good cheer. That's a choice, isn't it? That's a let moment, isn't it? 
He says, be not afraid, be of good cheer, it is I. And then Peter said, Lord, it is you. Then be me to come. Let me be, let me be where you are. And Jesus gave Peter a fresh word. He had already told Peter to go to the other side. And in the process, Peter failed, and Peter needed a new word. And so Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Glory to God. I hope you all saw that. Peter had already been given instructions, go to the other side. He began to fail at that, and he came back to get another word from God, and he said, if it's you, bid me come. And he got one word from him, come, glory to God. I hope you see the power of the word of God. One word in his presence brought victory for their life, brought victory for their situation. He said, come. And on that word, when Peter was come down out of the ship, Peter walked on the water. Glory to God. That one word that was able to sustain Peter was given to him. Legal right to get on that word, stand on that word, follow that word. He said, come. And Peter, when he was come down out of the ship, walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said, Oh, you of little faith. Wherefore did you doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. See, the word is what turned that thing around. The word of God and Jesus are never separated. The Bible says that his name shall be called the word of God. They're never separated. So then if you're asking for God to show up, there's a word that's going to come, and God is present with the power to bring that word to pass. What was the word? Come. Amen. He had already told him that it's I. Come on now. He'd already told him, be of good cheer, recognize. Don't try to see things from a fearful position. Be of good cheer and recognize. Say, be of good cheer in his eye. Be not afraid. Paradigm shift. Stop crying out for fear. I read the back of the book, beloved. We win. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform it. Amen. He told them, sent them a word, sent them out on a word, which, to, which was to go to the other side. Saw them having trouble trying to operate in that word, and so that he went to them in the time of their trouble. Isn't that what he promised? That he would be with us in the time of trouble? So then he's a very present help in that time? See? So then I'm always in my heart, I'm looking for Jesus. Because he's the one that's going to work all things together for my good. I'm not going to sink. I'm not going to drown. I'm not going to fail. Why? Because he's with me. Even when I don't see him, he's still going to work the thing out so that I would find him. If you look for him, if you don't look for him, you won't find him. 
Come on, y'all. Those that seek me shall find me. So I've just made it my habit that I'm going to always seek Jesus. Things ain't going right. That means I'm going to have to seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and things will then be added to me. I'm going to, I'm going to locate myself as one that needs him and he being one that will never leave me. So in the midst of the water, in the midst of the sea, Jesus was found by them. And then he said, don't be afraid. It's I. But, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Show me how to live above the problems that are surrounding me, Jesus, because you don't seem to be moved by the problems. You just came to us walking on the problems that existed in our life. And since Jesus is no respect of persons, then would he not say come to you in the, in the hour of your travail? He would say, come. Don't stay where you are. Come. And you don't deserve it. It has nothing to do with it, did it? Peter asked the question in a way that, that there had to be a, 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 a motion from God. He said, if it be you, bid me come. Well, it was him, wasn't it? What is he going to say? It's not me. So then Peter asked the question, and posed it correctly. If it's be you, Lord, bid me to come to walk to you on the water. Jesus didn't say, now, now Peter, you're going to have to go to sea walking school before you can do this. You, you, there's so many things that, 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 that's wrong in your life, Peter, that, that, that you can't expect me to cause you to be able to do what I do. After all, Peter, I am the son of God. you just a, a fisherman. No, Jesus didn't go through that method. Because it was him. He said to one word to him, and Peter walked on the water to go to Jesus. But he took his eye off of Jesus. He started considering the things that was, he started observing the things that was around him. He observed the waves. He observed the wind. The same waves and wind that Jesus was walking on, he didn't think that he could walk on those waves himself. Even though he's looking at Jesus, well, that's what it said, y'all. Come on, I'm just making sure I'm reading it. It said, and the, verse 26, and the disciples saw him walking on the sea. They didn't see him swimming. They didn't see him. Come on now. He could, God could have did it any way he wanted to. They didn't see him floating above the sea, did they? Amen. It, it was not angelic. They saw him walking on the sea. That's a good point to know, y'all. See, Jesus is wanting to describe. He's the one that goes before us. See, this is the way he authors and develops our faith. He gives us the ability to understand through the eye of faith, through the sight of the spirit. And when you see what he's saying in the eye of faith, then you'll be able to do it. That same one word will come for you, and it'll just be saying, come. And Jesus saw Peter walk on the water. I would like to know sometimes, you know, what did the other disciples do while all this was happening? You know, they, 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 they probably kept thinking that that is not for me. This is going to be a 
a, a one-time deliverance process that Jesus is going to do, and we can never do this again, okay? I, the word come is still available, isn't it? Is it still active? Is it, is it a different word? Jesus did not say, come walk on the sea with me. Jesus simply said, come. That means he left an open-end uh, invitation. Whatever you need to, to be over the top of, whatever you need to overcome, he's going to tell you the one word, which is come. Let's do it together. I, I, I am trying to teach you and train you so that you can do what I do. Because Jesus is the one that said, greater works than this shall you do. So then in order to do greater works, beloved, I believe that means that I have to include the same works. Amen. So one of the greater works that I'm looking for is I'm going to be able to walk above situations that have usually trapped me and, and, and hindered me. I'm not going to have to be frustrated about it. I'm going to find Jesus. I'm going to recognize. I'm going to be of good cheer, recognize, and move. That's the three things that they did here. Jesus said, be of good cheer, be not afraid, it is I. Be of good cheer, recognize, it's I, and then move. Well, the choice for this victory is with you. This is the, 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 the understanding of the company that we keep. What's in our heart? Am I going to continue to let uh, doubt and unbelief re- reside in my heart, keep me from, from doing that which was uh, uh, bigger than me? God calls us into that which is bigger. He always has. Because when you go for that which is bigger, the only way you can get it done is to have him. That's why he invites you into that which is bigger so you can enjoy, come on, y'all, so that you can enjoy fullness of joy. Of his fullness have we all received. So he has to call you into something bigger. Otherwise, you will never participate in fullness. Amen. I hope you saw that. So God's wanting us to to grow up, in particular in this time, so that he can show people his glory released through us, released through those that believe. Re- who, those who will dare to believe past the, the things that they've seen everybody else do. I appreciate what everybody else has done, but I want God to do that new thing in the earth. I want him to do that new thing in the earth through me because I'm obedient, looking for him, finding him, walking with him. Your way or God's way? God's waiting on you today. Father, we just bless you and thank you for your word that causes us to know victories that have never been seen before. Call us into that place, Father, where you can whisper secrets to our spirit and cause us to to, to rise up and give you glory and honor that's always due your name. Cause us to hear truths that would transform, that would move us above circumstances, through trials, and bring us unto victory. We give you praise, glory, and honor for it. Committing it to you is done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, beloved, as we always do here on Monday evenings, we give you an opportunity uh, to ask any questions or make comments about 
the ministry tonight. So if you would, area code 470-372-8210. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Area code 470-372-8210. You have the mic. Any questions or comments? Amen. You don't have to be bashful. You got something to say, we give you a chance to say it. Here we go, 770-964-7501. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry today? Go ahead. Area code, maybe I got something wrong here. Area code 770-469-64-7501. All right. Uh, area code 404-490-7875. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry? I just uh, was listening to you. And um, I'm, just, I'm just getting more and more each time I listen to you. You just Amen. teach me things Amen. I'm learning. And I'm going to keep listening and keep learning. And I just <laughs> ask you to keep teaching me the right way. Yeah, I, that, that's my job. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad to do that. That's that's what we're here for is to uh, cause you to be able to, to grow up in him. Yes, some of the things that are, are stated uh, they might appear challenging, but the more you hear, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord, okay? So then we're going to give you that opportunity every day uh, to do that. Um, area code 678-469-7930. You have the mic. Go ahead. Always, always very clear. Always more to learn, and you make it so receivable. I'm telling you, that's my job. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here to do. And 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 you know what I found out that this does not make me smarter than you. This just makes me function in my calling. You know, I I recognize that I've come to the place where I'm so glad. I'm so humbled by what God does. Because I was walking around knee-deep in darkness, acting full fools. And then God pulled me out of that darkness and brought me into his marvelous light. And then equipped me to be able to see accurately how the word of God can simply be applied in our lives day by day. I mean, it, it, that's not a hard thing. And uh, that's what he said. He said the commandments are not grievous. But it's just good to know that God loved me enough to put these things in motion so that we can utilize them day by day and give him the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being on the call. Um, we appreciate everyone. And um, let me make sure. Area code 770-964-7501. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. You got the mic. Go ahead. Area code... Seven seven zero nine six four seventy five zero one. Okay, having some challenges here. I'm trying to get to them again. I want to thank all of y'all for um, participating in the in the call tonight. Thank you for being here. Um, 
here at, at, at LiveDelivers.com. We are here because of the free will offers and support that you give. So as this ministry has been a blessing to you, please go to the website at LiveDelivers.com and find the Donate tab so that you can uh, give the offering that God <laughs> tells you to and, and be obedient to that because we need to, uh, to continue to spread the gospel of the kingdom uh, over the world. If you have some friends that you know uh, this would bless them or help them or strengthen them, please uh, give them the information so they can join us uh, on the on the calls and we would be able to then look at even other days that we can uh, join you on the call to just equip the saints to do what God says we must do, and that's that we must preach this gospel to all the earth, and then the end will come. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Until the next time we get together, I love you. Be blessed.